Did you go to education? No. No, that's why. My dad. So my dad finally knows that I co-host this. Oh, yeah? He was all like, my fucking wife let it out of the bag. She was like, it's not a big deal. No, wait. It'll be fun for him to listen. No. No, dad. If you're listening to this episode, turn it off now. This is not going to be one. This is not an intro to this show kind of episode for you. No. No, that'll be... uh... Let's talk about the slight, you know, the the the, the minor kink of that'd egg be, laying. That'd be retail, real telling if he only listens once he knows you're on it. Means he doesn't really care about me. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. Let's be honest. Or he yeah. knows that oh, Reggie's a part of that, so it's got to be batshit crazy. Uh that's that's probably more, more likely more because likely. he went his exact reaction. He goes, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> he was just all like, "Huh." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Reggie's a trip. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Since we usually talk about movies, you see uh, what Ridley Scott said about the duel, or the last duel. No, I have not. I, I about Wyatt Bomb. Rid- Ridley Scott, in my opinion, over the last three this, or four years, has turned his... into old man yells at Cloud. Yeah. No, because that's why he blamed it on millennials. Dude, he blamed it... millennials for making Marvel a thing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, no, this one he blamed millennials that the duel did so poorly because millennials don't have time to focus on a good movie. They have to be on their phones all the time. And everyone that heard that was like, we didn't even know the movie was out. There was a there was a Ridley Scott movie out is my legitimate reaction to that. Yeah, because it got promoted nowhere. Like, yeah. I maybe saw an ad while watching, like, YouTube. So if you weren't watching YouTube, you didn't see any <laughs> ads for it. And the na- the main focus of that is millennials, so it's all like, bruh. Yeah, not to who, mention... Who, 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 was it through Warner or was it through Sony? Because, honestly, if it's through either one of those two, it makes sense why it bombed. Because Sony has really bombed out on marketing yeah. lately. Well, and it looked like a really good movie, but I was like, I'm not going to a movie theater. Like, I haven't been to a movie have... theater since COVID. I have chanced movie theaters mostly because movie theaters, it's one of those paradoxical arguments where everyone's afraid to go to a movie theater, so no one goes to a movie theater except people who aren't afraid to go to movie theaters. So and then it's up, empty, so it's safe. So you end up with, like, three people in the... I went and saw Shang-Chi, and mm-hmm. there was, like, four people in the show. Well, and you remember before COVID, people were complaining about prices. Yeah. And so now people are like, oh, yeah, I don't want to pay that. Well, that and Warner Brothers, any good movie from Warner is out in fucking HBO yeah. Max, so. Well, and any of the, like, people, like, that are putting movies out strictly straight to cinema are, like, old fucks that don't realize well, people would rather stay at home and watch it. And also, you gotta, you know, also factor in the fact that China has been denying the release of movies like fucking crazy lately. Mm-hmm. So these international, you know, these movies that are supposed to be like billion dollar movies are only netting like two, three hundred K. Yeah. And it's like, that's not bad, but you're not factoring China in. Black Widow didn't show it all in China. Mm. Shang-Chi was banned in China. Yeah, I wonder why. The only Marvel movie that is coming out this year in China that has been officially approved also just got its release date pushed back because China tried to strong arm Sony into releasing it two weeks early. And Sony, Sony and mm. Marvel went... To have the entirety of the plot movie, the plot of the movie spoiled two weeks before it comes out in America, no fuck you. Yeah. So they got pushed out in favor of what China always does, say, oh, we're going to focus on culturalism, and then they came out with, suddenly they had a release date for a local for a, a local film that 
conflicted, so they can't release it until Feb January yeah, 14th whatever. in China. Well, the thing is, like, they want to hold so strictly to, like, oh, no, it's about going to the cinema. Just, like, the same people that say air travel used to be about suits and stuff are the same you people that are like, oh, going to plane. the cinema was an event. It's like, yeah, now I can watch a cinema in my fucking hand. I got the, yeah, I also got, like, the 80-inch television in decent sound here. The only movie I've legitimately gone to the theater specifically to see it so far has been Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. And... Admittedly, it was good. Yeah, no, it looked good. It looked like they're trying to get back to. Like... And honestly, spoilers: Egon's in it. Mm-hmm. They actually CG'd um, the guy who played Egon towards the end of it. Yeah, that... and it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't Most... Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One level bad. Yeah, because that was too uncanny valley, like weird. It was tasteful, and then mm-hmm. and the guy playing him was Ivan Reitman, the guy who directed the first movie. So it was fine. Yeah. And I will just put this out: Ray Stance running a uh, running an occult bookshop, being a disgruntled like middle aged disgruntled old guy who no one fucking listens to, running a fucking occult bookshop yep. in New York is probably the best thing out of that. Genius. Yeah, it looked very. Uh, I don't know. All the trailers made it look very Stranger Things. It was mostly because they kind of stole most of the cast of Stranger yeah. Things, but. Uh, they they they, they, you know, they they stole the good cast from Stranger Things, other than Millie Bobby Joe Brown. Yeah, it was good. The only the only complaint I have is the same complaint I have about all Paul Paul Rudd movies. Let Paul Rudd play something other than likable likable buffoon, likable doof, <laughs> likable doof, please. Yeah, he was the teacher, and it was okay. Well, he's like what world's sexiest man of times right now. I, again, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I've been more excited for Spider Man. Yeah. The I trailers saw... for it have been good. They came out with a couple of more of the, you know, they came out with the big, the, the the most hilarious thing, and this goes back to marketing, it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood right now that either is going to make or break the movie, which is Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are coming back in to reprise their roles as Peter Parker mm. from their respective movie franchise. Well, because their respective villains are coming in. All of their respective villains are in it, and people have analyzed the fucking trailer. And, like, you can't tell me that they didn't CG edit the crap out of it because yeah. there's, like, that that fight scene in it. Like, Rhino is punching at air and mm-hmm. getting hit by air. So, it's like, Sony, you either generated the hype machine way too much and you need to come out and well, tell and, us they're not in And it. that makes more sense in one of the trailers when uh, the Doctor Strange is like, all the villains are dying. And then you see Spider-Man get real sad. And he's like, why would he care about the villains? Oh, because the Spider-Mans have to die, too. No, the whole thing from... Um, That's what I this read This is getting into. into major spoiler territory. A lot of the plot has leaked. And oh, then it's not a spoiler. It's already out there. Uh, not officially. It's on unofficial back channels. So oh, if well. you don't... Skip ahead about 30 seconds if you'd want to go into Spider-Man No Way Home completely blind. So, the whole point of the movie, from what we're gathering so far from all of the leaked data, is that when Peter Parker wishes to, for everyone to forget who he is, he breaks the multiverse because he fucks with all, you know, that spell fucks up. Mm-hmm. If you've seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the end scene of Venom, Let There Be Carnage is 
Venom chilling out in a hotel room in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, he's like watching some soap opera saying how much he loves it. The screen flips and it's J. Jonah Jameson, you know, announcing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man from the MCU. He has no idea what the hell happened. Mm. So the theory is, is that all these villains get yanked over to the wrong universe. Gotcha. And there are trailers that have come out also that reiterate this fact because there's one of them where... It's an extended scene with Doc Ock and Doctor Strange and MCU Peter sitting there talking. And Doc Ock is behind, you know, locked up, obviously, because it's Doc fucking Ock. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doctor Strange is all like, so let me get this straight. He's, his exact lines is he goes, so, in your world, you know that there's a Peter Parker who is Spider-Man. Is this him? And he goes, no. Yeah, because I remember... In one of the trailers, the Doc goes, goes to all of them, and he's like, I'm Dr. Octavius. And they're like, ah, no, you're not. Yeah, it's it's an extension of that scene. No, seriously, tell me what your real name is. Yeah. <laughs> and that also leads into the scene in there where he's all going, And it Wait seems a like Dr. Oct is Peter trying Parker. to, like, fix this shit, too. Like, he almost allies. If he gets pulled out right at the very end, because the, from what it looks like, if you remember, Dr. Strange said... All of the villains get pulled out of their timeline right before they're supposed to fucking die. Mm. In Spider-Man 2, Octavius was good right before he died. Yeah. He committed suicide to save everybody. And if he gets yanked out, he's still in control of the arms and he's still, you know, kind of good. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking is that fucking Green Goblin does some Green Goblin shit. Yeah. That's my guess. Because it's the OG Green Goblin, It's the OG too. Green Goblin. It's, it's, the it's, good it's Green Willem Goblin. It's Willem Dafriend. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's Willem Dafriend, not Willem Dafoe. No. Yeah, I saw my favorite I've seen for uh, that movie is it was like, Expectations. And it's like the regular like Marvel lineup. And then it's like Godzilla and Robocop and like all this, like a stormtrooper and an ATAT. Man, it's just insane. They have this whole scene in there where Gandalf from Lord of the Rings <laughs> right. shows it's up. It's like anything like no can happen. It's like, oh, God damn it. No, I'm, I'm super excited for that yeah. one. I'm kind of upset about the, uh, the super pets that they're making, the animated one. The only reason I'm really upset is there's a dog in it. There's dog's name's Ace. No, it's not, it's not fucking, fucking Ace. Crypt- it's not fucking Crypto? No, Crypto's in it. But then there's a bunch of other pets that get superpowers. And one of the dogs' name's Ace. Guess who plays Crypto? I'll tell if, you who plays... If you say Crispy Rats, I'm going to be mad. Crypto's played by The Rock. Guess who plays his partner that's going to be Ace the dog? Cena. Kevin Hart. So, of course, it's The Rock and Kevin Hart in yet another movie together. I think they're the only two. They have to be in a movie for them to actually be okay actors. Yeah, and also Dwayne Johnson's trying too hard on everything. Well, he just wants to be humor now. But the only reason I'm pissed about this dog, Ace, because Ace is the dog that Bruce Wayne has in Batman Beyond. I mean, granted, there's multiple Ace the dogs for Batman. But the best was the big black Great Dane named Ace that... Uh, Bruce or Bruce Wayne adopts because it was like this beaten, abused orphan dog, and you like need, he's connected it, to you it. You need like a really grumpy dog played by Kevin Hart. That would just be. Totally I'm so hilarious. I'm just done with Kevin Hart in general. He's yeah. funny. I mean, I, I like that he does non-serious roles. Yeah, I've been dying. The fact yeah. he's going to be in Borderlands is what makes me just. I just dis. I'm, I'm done. I'm pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I've been watching more television lately, and I know we really haven't gotten a chance to record it. I know you and I have talked about it. Mm. I've been really enjoying the new reboot of Dexter. Yeah. Really, I have. 
it's seriously if you haven't seen the original eight seasons go do it just for the you know the backstory Mm -hmm. but it is such a love letter to old dexter and they're setting it up clearly as like this is a one and done season yeah to where the ending's gonna be what decides it for me again because dexter you know you always need to fucking kill him Mm -hmm. he's his own worst enemy because he's a murderer and i like the fact that they've brought it like you know 10 years later and he's not like the honed toned serial killer you knew he's fucking up and making mistakes yeah like the whole first three episodes is him having one kill and then having to clean up his mess because he fucked the entire thing up yeah like he didn't want to kill he hasn't killed in 10 years he was kind of put into a situation where emotion took over. He ended up killing the guy because he was a shithead. Because mm-hmm. this guy killed a deer. And it, it's just a really complicated... Was Kelsey Grammer in Dexter? In like one of the earlier seasons? No, I what think, am I think you're of getting it confused with John Lithgow. John Lithgow, that's John it. Lithgow is the Trinity Killer and he was in season four. And that was hands down the greatest season of Dexter. Yeah. Because okay. playing like the family man is like the exact antithesis of Dexter. Mm-hmm. Where he's able to hold down a family relationship, but he's just a brutal fucking murderer. Yeah. And it's really kind of, honestly, season four is what sets up New Blood. Because they actually, you know, Dexter has a kid and everything, and they bring Dexter's kid into the new season. Gotcha. It's kind of like, it, it's tying up a lot of loose ends that should have been tied up from season eight. That, and with other work on uh, my other show, I've been watching way too much Star Trek. Mm. Discovery's been... <sighs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say it. I was a fan of season three because it was the reset the show needed to throw it into the future and, you know, have it be good. Season four, it's getting world-ending problem fatigue where they need to realize they can do a season of a show without there being an overarching world-ending fucking problem and just Mm. sit with the characters for a little. Yeah. Because even, like, the people I work with are all like, you have a speech every episode, you know, like trying to get everyone to man together, you know, know, like the, the big, you know, the big captain speech. All of it starts to lose its impact when that's the only thing that's happened with the show. And every season so far, other than the first one, has been one world-ending problem after another. And it's all like, okay, can you give these motherfuckers a break? They've been working for three years. Yeah, or give them like a character growth episode versus... Yeah, like you can put a bottle episode or two in there. Yeah. That doesn't involve depression and someone dying. Because that's the other thing. It's just so dark. Like I, you know, like trying to write jokes about a show where the where one of the characters you've grown to care about over a whole season watches his planet crack in half it isn't exactly you know easy pickings. Yeah, yeah, I was never a Trekkie. I was never really like a big diehard Star Wars. I liked them both, yeah. Star Wars and Trek. I just never got like to be a diehard fan of them, yeah. or even like uh, Lord of the Rings. I was never like a nerd for. I was always into Gundam, animes, and mechs. Mm. I was big into Mecha. Armored Core was like the best fucking game in the world. I loved Armored Core. I was like, wait, I get to design it, give it weapons that change its look, give it legs that change its look, and paint the damn thing? Okay. Hell yes, and then I get to fight other... It's like building models, like having a little toy and then going and battling other toys. Yeah. I, like, I did see Cowboy Bebop. Opinion without spoilers. Opinion, Opinion without Opinion without spoil- giving a shit about the race changing. Because that was apparently a big fucking deal. Um, to some I have fucking to get into it a little. Jerk offs, but I have to get into it a little because it does it. It didn't affect my opinion of the show in the way that everyone thinks. Um, 
Jets played differently, but okay. If you can get on board with how Jets played in the first episode, it, you'll be on board with it. Jet's the guy that they changed yeah, from the white yeah. guy. To, yeah, Jet is done okay. Jet always, I always felt was a dark character, like a darker skin. They give him a little bit more humor. He was they, he was always the humor. You just had to have that sense of humor. Yeah, they change his sense of humor just a little. They still keep, and this is keeping it as spoiler-free as possible, mm-hmm. they still keep his obsession with the kid. Good. Which is, would like, like great. Mm-hmm. Hands down, the guy that got to play Spike, Dead yeah. on accurate, a hundred fucking percent. That's what I've heard. And like, I have no complaints about it so far. I've only seen episode one and episode two. Okay, and I had this argu- I had an argument about Ed with my brother. Okay, so everyone was complaining that they refer to them as she, as of an actual female. They and- never flat out really say it in the show. He mostly refers to her as jackass. <laughs> to be honest. But my brother was trying to argue with me that, like, no, they never say the gender in the cartoon law. No, all the interviews and stuff, everything in Japan, it's a she. Ed's a she. Yeah, Ed's a she. They didn't do the them until the sub until the dubs and bring it over. They didn't bring it in until they didn't. But there are even episodes that (coughs) directly point to Ed being a she. Yeah, her, not a they them. And people were getting all butthurt about it. And And honestly, they may address it in the show, but I'm still fairly early in it. Mm Mm-hmm. But so far, they refer to her as she. Yeah. And it's not, and they don't make a deal about it. Yeah. The thing that I think a lot of people have problems with are, if, you know, especially the reviewers, are it's people who haven't seen fucking Cowboy Bebop and don't know what the hell they're getting into. Well, and you Because also... I've heard people come into it going, this is confusing. And I'm all like, have you fucking seen the original? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's not supposed to totally make sense. You're supposed to kind of just get on board and enjoy the fucking ride. Yeah. Because I don't, like... Especially Cowboy Bebop, not until the end. It's mostly episodic. Like, yeah. there's little adventures, and they don't really relate until you get towards the end. Well, they do change it up a little in the show, in the mm. live-action show, where they have a through thread, which is Spike's backstory. It's yeah. not all dumped on you in one episode now. It's kind of sprinkled at you as yeah. the crumbs at the end of the episode, where he's seeing the girl with the red tattoo and all of that, mm. you know, the rose tattoo and all of that stuff. It's yeah. good. I would recommend watching it, but... How's uh, the girl, how's her, not Ed, but uh, Faye, how's the acting? That's all I give a shit about. Is the acting decent? The acting is... The acting is over the top, but it fits the tone. That's that's what worries me, because that first trailer where she's like, Are we partners, guys? I was like, that's not Faye. Like, that's just not the attitude, that's not the tone... Yeah, it fits the story. That you gotta sucks. really watch it, go for the ride. Do they talk about her being in hibernation? A, a little bit, or I haven't gotten that far. Okay. Faye has not been a giant part so okay. far. I was. Really, Ed has. I'll watch it, and I I don't give a shit about the race change. I don't give a shit about the they them's. I don't give a shit. Yeah, go ahead about and any give of that. It a watch. It's the acting. The acting is. The only part that I have been spoiled on that I will see at is unnecessary. But from what I've seen so far, it fits the tone. Mm-hmm. It's it's directly one-to-one translating that anime, you need to be big with your emotions. Yeah. And it works if you can get on board with it. Yeah, you kind of have to take it as like, like a B. Spike, Spike really, they, they play him well. Jet, they play slightly more over the top. Ed, 
is Ed. <laughs> yeah, Ed was always over the top. Ed was always over the top. So you really can't... But the fight scenes are bloody and like almost... The, the whole show is almost comically to a point over the top. Which Cowboy Bebop really wasn't. There's only a couple fights that it's were. It's for the art style. Gotcha. It's so like, they can do the... It's so they can go, they can mimic one-to-one what the show was showing gotcha. at points. And if you can get on board with that, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've been talking for like 20 minutes, minutes and we haven't yeah. you know, we haven't uh, talked about a kink yet. So, should we get into that and do our intro? Sure. All right. I'm actually going to write down the time so I don't have to scan through Shit, too much. Shit, look at you being a professional. All right. I'm trying. All right. Meow, 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 meow,